as I said, we'll read tonight in the New Testament, and we'll read in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Thank you. Luke chapter 24. And verse 45, the Lord Jesus is speaking here with his disciples, and then it says, verse 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them, thus it is written in the scriptures, and thus it behooved or was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and, again, it's necessary, that repentance and remission of sins, repentance and forgiveness of sins, should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance and forgiveness of sins. Here the Lord Jesus says, this is what the disciples should go out and preach. And we're disciples as well, followers of Christ. And so here you have our job description. We have to preach to you tonight. We get to preach to you. We get to tell you that there is the nece- it was necessary. It's necessary that we do this. Proclaim to you repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Now to do that, I would like to read an illustration of forgiveness of sins that is found in Matthew, the first gospel in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. Verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, How oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when it says he would take account, we're going to look at what that means. He wants to take care of the accounts of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, or to begin this process, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. And I'll explain how much that is. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. He forgave him the debt. So this is an illustration of forgiveness. Now the illustration does go on, and the point that the Lord Jesus is going to make with a whole illustration is, that people who have received the forgiveness of their sins for God, that's what, if we really understand that, that's what will give us the ability and the reason and the motivation to go out and forgive people who have done something to us. 
But we're just focusing on the first part tonight. Primarily, we'll look at the first part of forgiveness of sins, forgiveness given by God. I just would like to ask you just to start. Have you given some thought to this? Does it interest you? Would you like to leave this building tonight knowing that all of your sins, from the day you were born to the day you die, the whole package, all at once in one instant were completely forgiven? That's why the Lord Jesus said, you got to go tell them this message. They need to hear it about repentance and the forgiveness of sins. I want to use this illustration that the Lord Jesus gave, and I want to try and use it to help us understand repentance and forgiveness of sins. Could I ask you, do you have the forgiveness of your sins? Have you ever repented? Do you know what that means? If you want to have the forgiveness of sins, you'll have to understand what repentance is. He said, we must declare this, repentance and forgiveness of sin. And really tonight, I can't think of anything better than just to be able to be here to tell you how you can have this great blessing. So notice with me, if you will, in this story, first of all, the desire. There's a desire here. that It says that the king, there's a kingdom, and there's a king, and he would, it says, which would take account. Now, the way we understand that in modern language would be, that's his will, that's his wish, that's his want, that's his desire, that's his burden. This is something that's really important to him. He wants to, and it says, take account. It's not that he's going out and taking account as he's going out and he's going one, two. That's not what it means by that. And what it means is that he wants to go out and he wants to take each individual servant and he wants to settle their account. He wants to get everything taken care of. What a fitting description of God. Our God. That the God of heaven, he has this great desire. That the greatest thing he wants for you is not It's not financial prosperity. It's not even peace in your family, although the Bible addresses those matters. What he is interested tonight is this. He wants you to have the forgiveness of your sins. Another word the Bible uses to describe that blessing is salvation. In the Bible language, God will. He wishes. He wants. It's the burden of his heart tonight when he looks down at you. What he wants for you, the very best he could ever give you. He wants you to have the forgiveness of your sins. Don't think for a moment because you can't see God or the idea that God is outside of this world that somehow He doesn't know about you and somehow He doesn't care. Tonight as He looks down, like the king with his servants, He wants to settle your account once and for all. That's the desire. But now you know how forgiveness works, don't you? You can't obligate somebody to forgive. You can't obligate somebody to forgive you for what you've done. You can go and ask them, you can plead with them, but you can't make them do that. So if this young man here in the front, just suppose that I did something against him. I really offended him. He's really mad. He's really upset. And I go to him and I say, will you forgive me? And I get down on one knee and then I'm down on two knees and then I'm down on the ground and I'm pleading with him, but I can't make him do it. It has to be inside him. And it's the same with your, you and I have sinned against God. We have offended him. We have broken his laws. We have disobeyed him. We haven't completed his will. And you say, I would like God to forgive me. And maybe you've even asked him. You cannot make God forgive you. 
It has to come from in, inside his heart. He's, has to, it has to come from, from deep inside him, the desire. That's what I'm telling you tonight. Thank God he's a God. You don't have to go, go and ask him if he's interested. You don't have to go and present your case and hopefully he'll have some, uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get back with you on that. No, he wants to give you this tonight. That's the story here. He has had this. It is initiates in his heart. And he wants to, but notice it doesn't say he wanted to forgive his servant. And so all his servants line up and they wonder, maybe, maybe it'll be me. Maybe he'll settle my account. And the first one comes, sorry. Second, sorry. He's not looking for one person on earth tonight. Can I just tell you, God will have all men to be saved. All men is all men and women. And so I can tell you on the authority of the Bible tonight that the very heart of God is beating with His great burden. He wants you to have. That's why He intervenes in people's lives. That's why He, maybe somebody invited you to come here tonight. Somebody called you, sent you a text. Somebody made you, maybe you were here for the Bible conference, and somebody made you stay. Why? God through them is trying to get you to get the message across to your soul that He wants to bless you more than you can ever understand. And the greatest blessing of all the peace of knowing my sins are forgiven. I can die and I know I'll be in heaven because my count has been settled. And I ask you tonight, if you had to come up here and, I was going to say go by the microphone, that would be a little uncomfortable for me, a little invasion of space. But if I passed the microphone over to you and you had to come by one by one, starting over here, Step on the stage and pass across and then go back around and sit down. You know how they do it? Like graduation ceremony? And come across the stage and declare to everybody here. The question is, is your account settled with God? Are your sins forgiven? Would you come across the stage and be able to say, settled. Gone. Forgiven. Going to heaven, it's all taken care of. My friend, there's nothing like being able to go to bed at night and just be able to say, it's settled. Thank God we have a God who's one who wants to settle accounts. He wants to settle the issue of your sin. It's like a debt, a responsibility. If you owe money, it's a responsibility. You have sinned, it's a responsibility you bear. And God is inviting you. He wants to settle that account with you tonight. But there's a strange thing in this story. Did you notice what he does? You'd say, well, he's the king. If the king wants to settle the account, in this illustration that Jesus gave us, why doesn't he just walk up to the man and say, this is how much you owe and it's forgiven? That's not what he does. First, he goes. To, the king goes to him in this story, and he says to him, <clears throat> He knows how much he owes, and he says to him that he's going to have him sold. And uh, his wife and his children. In the story, you understand what the king's doing? He is working in this man's life to get this man to understand how Big the problem is. And so he, there's a delay. 
You see, when people often come and hear the gospel, God waits and he works and he delays and he moves because he wants people to come to repentance where they agree with God. They see the reality of what their debt is, the reality of their sin. And I want to warn you, that is extremely uncomfortable. Imagine this man suddenly realizes the first thing. I am going to be locked up or I'm going to be sold into slavery. That's what they did in those days. I'm going, I'm going to lose my freedom. Uh, this, my debt is personally going to impact my life. Have you ever thought about the implications, the impact of what your sin will, how it will affect you? I'm not just talking about here in life. What about afterlife? The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The Lord Jesus described a place where people are, lose their freedom and they are no longer free to even move around on earth. The Bible describes an awful place called hell where people suffer. Why? It's not because God is mean. It's what they deserve. Because it's the impact, the effect, the consequence, the result, the punishment for their debt against God, for their sin. So the king waits. He works the circumstances. Kind of like Joseph and his brothers in the Old Testament. Joseph was waiting all those years and he worked. And finally the day came where this man comes and he says, I'll, 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 take, I'll, I'll pay the whole thing. I realized the whole thing. It's all mine. Man, you need to understand what your sin has done to you. You need to understand how much this debt is to your king. And you need to understand that your debt is actually having an impact in your family. You ever thought about how much your personal sin has first of all affected God? Hurt Him? Offended Him? You have broken His will, His word, His law. You have not completed His will. You have offended God. But even worse, that is the, the awful reality, but not even worse, but it's part of it all. Your sin has affected people around you. And it will affect people around you. And would to God tonight you would understand the tremendous reality and the awfulness of your sin against God. There's no difference for all have sinned. And so this debt, this immense debt, he is waiting. Maybe there's somebody here tonight and you're... Up to this point in my message, I have not said anything new. Not, not one thing new that you've never heard before. And maybe in the rest of my message, I won't say anything you've never heard before. And you don't have the forgiveness of your sins. Why? Don't you think for one moment it's not because the king doesn't want you to have your debt settled. It's because he's waiting for you to come to understand. He's working in your life through his word, verses, people, messages, to bring you to realize my problem is so offensive to God, it's going to cost me my eternal liberty. I will be locked up forever. And here we have it. And this story, the idea of the delay. Thank God he delays. But then the moment comes. The man understands the awfulness of his debt. 
I'd like to invite you tonight afterwards. Hope people don't mind here. I'd like you to have the freedom to just walk around and ask people if they have the forgiveness of sins, first of all. And if they do, ask them if it was difficult to suddenly realize how awful their sin was. I'll just tell you for me. It was the most uncomfortable and awful day in my life. When suddenly I realized I may have been better than other kids, I don't know. All I knew that day was I had sinned against God. I have sins in my life. I am a sinner. And I'm responsible for, good, for my sins against God. And it's not just that God, that He could put me in hell and that He should deprive me of my liberties and I don't deserve to be in heaven. It's that God... God actually should do that. It's not just that He can. He should put me there. That's what I deserve. What would be fair for your sins tonight? It would be a great night. If suddenly you became burdened about the issue of your sins and came to look at your debt the way the king looks at it, the way God looks at it. What about the size of it? It's interesting the illustration the Lord Jesus uses. Now, some of you are probably good with math, so let me test you here. Some human calculators, got to be one or two here with us. So... See some of them trying to sneak out their cell phone. Come on, do it manfully. So, according to a man called A.T. Robertson, there was six, this talent was a type of currency. So, in a, a talent, one talent, there was 6,000 denarii. All right? So, 6,000 times 10,000, because the man owed 10,000 talents. How does that come out? 60 million. Yeah, you got it right. 60 million. And then you take the 60 million, 60 million denarii. And it was one, one day of work was one denarii. Kind of like a minimum salary, if you will. We'll just use that. So one day, and how many days are there in a year? 365. So take 60 million divided by 365, and what do you get? Yeah, you got it right. One, about 168,000 years worth of work. That's what the man owed. 160. Why did Jesus, the Lord Jesus, pick such a big number? Because he was trying to get people to understand how big their debt of sin is, how awful their sin is, the size of it all. The number of sins committed against God, counting all of the sins of our thought life and our words and our actions, and you put it all together, he says... This is a number, note of my Bible at the bottom, it uses different numbers, it just says myriads. We don't use that word too much anymore. It's just the idea of just some immense amount. Why, it could have been millions or trillions, I don't know what it would be, but it would just be an awful lot of money. That is exactly the way God views your sin. He's got them all detailed. He knows the exact amount. He knows the debt of sin, the size of it all. But here is the part that I want you to get. It's kind of old English, so try and follow me here, would you please? It says he had not to pay. What does that mean? Even you got that. Yeah, you could raise his hand. It means he... Exactly, thank you. We'll have a half a Sunday school class. He, had not, he did not have anything to pay with. Good job. He did not know. He didn't have anything. Have you ever come to truly see your sin and all of its greatness, 
all of its awfulness. And to suddenly come to this realization. I have nothing to even begin paying it. He had not wit to pay. Nothing. It's not that you have some good things that God counts and it just doesn't quite meet this and you, you need a little something to bring it up to settle it. Bankrupt. Zero. Nothing. Bible language would be without strength. Completely without anything to be able to offer God. To be able to settle that account of yours. To deal with your sin and to take them away. The debt that he has him face. Imagine this poor man suddenly coming to this realization. How old do you think this man was in the story? doesn't say. doesn't matter how old he is. In his lifetime, he would never pay off 167,000 years worth of work. It just wasn't going to happen. And you will never in your lifetime, even if you live the rest of your life without ever sinning again, even if you live the rest of your life without sinning and doing the best you can, you will never ever be able to pay for your sins. It's not possible. And the king comes to you tonight, and he knows that. He wants to settle the debt, but he's not going to make you pay for it. See what it says? Let me close by just reminding you about the deliverance in this story. It says that the king, when he saw the man, that's what it says here, and that the servant fell down, worshipped him, said, Lord, have patience with me. I'll pay it all. I'm responsible. I accept the responsibility for it all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And he loosed him. If somebody owed you 167, 60 million denarii, well, just go dollars, okay? Make it simpler. How would you feel about that person? That person has not one penny to pay, nothing to offer, can't do anything. I think most of us would just be turned to just say, take them away. But not the king. The king looks at him and has compassion. Your debt has been growing by the day. As immense as it is, as serious as it is, serious as it is. But thank God I can tell you tonight about the king, about our Lord. He's having compassion on you right now in this very meeting as you sit here. He looks down with you and he loves you just as much as he ever has. He has pity, compassion. And tonight he looks at you and all your need. He sees the whole thing. But I tell you tonight that the God of heaven, he is having compassion on you tonight. But I want you to think as well that what he did, it says he loosed him and he forgave him. What happened to the debt?
The king who gave that man a pardon assumed the full responsibility for that debt. Get that? The one who gave that man, who forgave him and loosed him, was the one who was willing to pay all the cost. Do you know why in the Bible the Lord Jesus would, in his lifetime, would go around and he would say to different people, like there was a paralyzed man and he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven? Because the Lord Jesus was going to assume all the cost, all the responsibility for that man's debt. And tonight, I wish you could understand this. The Lord Jesus has gone to the cross and he has assumed the responsibility for my sins. And on that cross, he shed his blood, he gave his life, and he died for my sins. And that's how he settled my account. He did it all. He paid the price. He said it's finished. He, he did everything necessary. He assumed the responsibility, and he carried out the responsibility nearly 2,000 years ago. And that's why, because he had done that, he had gone to the cross, he paid a price, as the man John wrote in his, and he is the satisfaction, the propitiation for our sins, but not for our sins only. This is good enough for the whole world. This is good enough for you tonight. The payment the Lord Jesus made with his own life the sacrifice on the cross. And so now after that, he rises from the dead. He says to the disciples, he says, look, it was necessary. It was necessary that Christ should suffer. How else was the debt going to be paid? How else were your sins going to be paid for apart from through the Lord Jesus? It was necessary that Christ should suffer, that he should die, that he should rise again the third day. And it is necessary now. Go out and tell them. Repentance. People who realize their awful, their awful sin against God. People who realize the coming consequences that, affect, that are going to affect them forever. People who realize that they can't do anything. Who are willing to turn to the king and let the king take care of it all. He says it's necessary you go out and tell them that. Repentance and the forgiveness of sins. No wonder... Those men went out preaching. And one day Peter stood in front of some men and he said, Be it known unto you, men and brethren, talking about the Lord Jesus, through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. It's through him. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who settles the account. And my question for you tonight is this. Has he ever settled your account? He can do that tonight. Not that he will go and pay. It's because he already has. Through him, we preach repentance and forgiveness of sins. So the question tonight, when this poor man suddenly, suddenly got this offer, the king's willing to settle it all at his cost. What would you think would be the wise Wise choice for that man. I think I'll think about it. Think about it. I think I'll deal with the king tomorrow. 
This is the urgent matter in your life, man. This needs to be settled now. What would you tell the man? I think I would say to him, the king wants to settle. He's offering to settle it tonight. Let him. Let him. He is worthy. The one who has paid the payment. For you to let him. To rest on him. That what, who he is. And what he's done. The payment has been made. The debt can be settled. Our hope and prayer is tonight. Is that you too will come to. Repentance. And remission. Remission.